Hey everybody, Mariner here. Welcome to Net That Hall again. Um, and another matchup show where we're going to dive into game week 31. It's not long to go now. Uh, as always, if you like what you see, please give us a hit that subscribe button. Um, hit that bell for future notifications. And also, uh, and thanks to uh, Nima's very, very hard work, he's now got us uh, on as a podcast. And I don't know whether you've listened to it yet, but if you do or if you don't, uh, please go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and also Spotify as well. So let's go on with this week. So who else but to introduce uh, fellow fellow shipmates? We've got uh, Gabe, um, FPL Lens, and this week we've got Surya from All About FPL. How are you doing, boys? Uh, I'm doing good, guys. Uh, how about you, Gabe? Good morning. Doing well. It's a sunny morning here in California, so uh, I'm in a different spot. So I, I'm wearing my protection here. I was going to say you got some sun, got some sunscreen there, mate. It looks like a nice day for once. Uh, for once here in sunny California, it's kind of beautiful today. <laughs> I will be honest. Fantastic. All right, then, boys. So I think we just let's just crack on and, and get get right on into it. So uh, yep. what we'll do then to start with is, as always, um, we'll have a look at the fixture difficulty. And that this obviously will lead on from where we left off, uh, Nima and I left off on the Compass show. And I think that's going to be a bit of a topic tonight is that we're going to try and tie the two shows together a little bit. Um, you know, just to try and mesh the thought processes a bit. So let's crack on and let's get into it. So what I'll do is I'll put the screen up uh, and uh, for the benefit of the people who are listening on the podcast as well, we'll just talk around what we're, what we're doing. So the first thing to say is that we're going to have a look at the fixture difficulties. And basically, just to remind people, I haven't done this for a couple of weeks, how it works. So what we do is the fixture difficulty looks at the last six game weeks and it looks at statistics based on the last night on, on 90 minutes per 90 minutes data by team. Um, it doesn't account for home and away because there's still no fans. Um, and it compares XG uh, from attack uh, with expected goals conceded for defence. Um, shots in box, including headers for the attack and shots in box conceded for defence. Big chances for attack against big chances conceded for defence. It fits into Ben Krellin's um, zero to seven for nothing really easier than it. That's that's how I originally designed it. I haven't changed it yet. But um, at the end of the day, why change something when it's not broken? Um, and Ben's stuff's fantastic. So credit to him. Um, zero is the best. Seven is the worst. And um, the VAR, it isn't our enemy, public enemy number one, when we look at it, it's actually the variance between the full season and between the last six so uh if i as i open it up now you'll see uh what i mean um and there you go so this is what we've got at the moment so what i'll do is uh, i'll walk you through um where we are with respect to what we consider are the best teams and the worst teams for attack and defense uh and of course if people want to go to the youtube channel or indeed look on twitter or wherever we'll we'll share these we'll share these visuals as well as well as on instagram going forwards but first things first let's look at uh, attack so um as i say rated zero to seven so at the top of the attack ratings fixture difficulties at the moment the best team in manchester city unsurprisingly 
1.4. Then Liverpool, 2.4 with Everton. They jumped up massively on the back of that performance at the uh, um, in the week. Chelsea, 2.7. West Ham, 2.8. And counting up, Crystal Palace, the bottom, 5.3. Still there. Sheffield United, 4.9. Fulham, 4.2. Arsenal and Villa, 4.1. Um, and um, on a, from a defensive perspective, um, Chelsea uh, at the top, 1.5. Um, Manchester City and Manchester United at 2.4, Brighton 2.5, and then Leeds and Liverpool at 3. And at the bottom, uh, counting up, our whipping boys now, um, I think we're at the point of last rights for Sheffield United, 7. So that's as bad as it gets, as we keep saying. Burnley, 5.3. That's very interesting. They've really crashed off a cliff. Wolves, 5.1. Arsenal, 4.3. Palace and Southampton, 4.1. Um, I ask a quick question about the, yeah, this, the bottom part of the defence. So, yeah. If if you raised the like the worst score beyond seven, would Sheffield United score higher than seven? <laughs> Could I they be worse? Stopped, I haven't topped it off yet. That is actually where they are. But they uh -huh. could go higher than that. If they do get worse. I, I wonder I if they're, they're, they're trying to be worse than the metric will even allow. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're trying. Yeah, they're trying. And I think the interesting thing here is that uh, what I didn't explain was where we are with variances. And, and I think this is quite interesting. If we look at attack, the teams who are on the up are Everton, Brighton, Southampton now, mm -hmm. interestingly enough, uh, Newcastle, probably on the back of that rather freak game against, against Spurs <laughs> and... Uh, don't, we'll come on to that fellow later. I can't. Um, and, on, <laughs> and on the other, and on the uh, the negative side of attack, you know, um, Man United dropped quite a bit recently yeah. compared to where they were. Villa have dropped a long way. Uh, Arsenal and Fulham are also falling. The one, so, the one thing that I noticed right away. Do you remember a few weeks ago? Maybe it was about a month ago or a little, little more. Um, where where we, we noticed the trend towards defense. And now yeah. it looks like that trend has switched. Look at the, the variance on the attack side is green and most of the variance on the defense side is red, which if, if I'm reading it right correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, that means that defenses are getting poorer and attacks are getting better. Is that right, Mariner? That's, I'm, just looking at, I'm, I'm just actually looking at it now as we're talking. I'm just looking down the midpoint the midpoint seems to have balanced out, whereas it wasn't balanced before. So I think you probably are right there. Um, I mean, top pot, top uh, attack, top defence, 1.4 against 1.5. And, of course, Sheffield United are the outlier <laughs> of all outliers, right? Um, yeah. And, and with respect to defence, let's just very quickly talk about defence as well. Leeds have tightened up massively. Maybe that's just yeah. on the back couple of relatively should we say easier fixtures perhaps but they're really high up the rankings compared to where they were um west brom also have improved a lot um and on the other side of it spurs have gone down and arsenal are probably the you know from the perspective of the full season they they are pretty poor at the moment in defense um sorry or anything you want to want to want to add there am i already starting to dismantle your wild card <laughs> yeah, 
it's it's pretty evident because uh, i've been querying a lot of questions on which teams to target on the wild card and uh, uh one team that particularly uh, stands out as arsenal uh, they are poor on attack they are poor on defense and uh, i've already uh, had the transfer done in my mind of uh, getting weltman back for uh, holding yeah because uh, it doesn't really make sense to get an arsenal because they are 10th in the league uh, there's nothing for them to fight for and it's it's europa league or nothing for them at the moment and uh, it's it's a very grim situation so as and the metric is a very uh, right indicator of that as well and one more thing that i noticed was uh, leads tidying up in the defense and uh, the, the the fdr rightly shows that as well but uh, shame that the fixtures are very tough coming and so dallas has to go but uh, uh, apart from that arsenal arsenal really uh, arsenal and wolves wolves defense is absolutely in tatters i think lots lot of people wanted to get cody uh, patricio and and a lot and it doesn't make sense for me that as well yeah and, and and they're still bloody green on the fixture difficulties. Yeah. What's going on? I mean, I, I can't tell you, it drives me mad. Yeah, I'm going to get on my soapbox again here. I, I just can't believe it. I've seen, I've been reading it on Twitter. Oh, Wolves fixtures, fantastic. What? What are you on about? I, I, I keep hearing all, all this talk about Cody, Cody in. It's like, Cody, Cody. Cody. <laughs> it just blows my mind. I, I mean, Cody but gets the nosebleed if he goes to the halfway line, doesn't he? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> but then you shouldn't be talking too much about it. Uh, hopefully, if they update it, then we'll go out of business. So let, let that be shitty for now. <laughs> so people can refer to RF. <laughs> anyway, the next. So, what we'll do then is let's keep going. Um, so, obviously, I, I want to give you guys a chance, certainly on the wild card and, and, and Gabe with your. Uh, buy sell and hold a little bit later and all this probably just meshes into it really so what we're going to do now is we're going to have a little bit of a look at the games which we've got coming up this week um and again just for the benefit of the the people who are listening um what we're doing is we're showing attack against defense and also what we've got is we're showing the matchups on the side as well so you can actually just refer back to it nice and easily um and uh, I'm just going to very, very quickly read through five stats and then we'll stop and then we'll run through. We'll probably pick a couple of um, a couple of matchups out to discuss rather than all, boys, because otherwise we'll be here all night. Um, so first thing, Wolves against Fulham. OK, so Wolves attack 3.8, not average-ish, a bit below average. Wolves defence, uh, sorry, Fulham defence 3. So that's a minus 0 0.8 with respect to wolves attack so that means they're going to find that harder uh against fulham attack 4.2 against wolves defense 5.1 so again wolves are in the negative there um manchester city against leeds city attack 1.4 against leeds defense 3 positive for city unsurprisingly leeds attack 3.4 versus city defense 2.4 surprisingly again city will come out on top there hardly <laughs> rocket science here is it um liverpool villa liverpool attack now 2.4 improving a lot really starting to turn around on the numbers villa's defense 3.2 positive for liverpool villa attack 4.1 liverpool defense three again positive for liverpool um chelsea palace um so chelsea attack 2.7 palace defense 4.1 uh positive for chelsea 
Palace attack 5.3 against Chelsea defence 1.5. Very, very positive for Chelsea. Chelsea. Again, you know, this, I think... Almost <laughs> as positive as the West Brom game, huh? Don't go there. <laughs> yeah, don't go there. And don't go with Dave asking on Twitter and all that. Like, I've already I've been ranting all week on it. So, but yeah. Um, but look, the way I look at it is if people like, if esteemed players like F FPL General brings the treble into his team in his wild card, then, you know, let's face it. We don't, again, it doesn't have to be a rocket scientist to realise that Chelsea uh, are, are pretty strong. Um, and Burnley defence, uh, sorry, Burnley against Newcastle. Burnley attack 3.9, Newcastle defence 3.8, very neutral. Newcastle attack 3.5, Burnley defence 5.3. That's positive for Newcastle, even without Callum Wilson. Interesting enough. So from these matchups, boys, the best attacking matchups here are Newcastle's attack. And also City's attack against Leeds. Um, are Burnley really? Uh, uh, yeah, that's not shit. Burnley against Newcastle, one point seven. Really that bad? Are Burnley really that bad, guys? I think I think Burnley have been that bad, but but they they are improving recently. If we look, um, and and they're still, you know, let's see, Burnley Burnley attack three point nine against uh, Newcastle defense three point eight. So it's it's really, it really is like just spot on neutral, right? Yeah, for um, the, the defense, Burnley's defense, it's always been like a, a Nick Pope wall, and it seems like that's not there. Yeah, I don't, I don't oh. think that's been there all season, yeah. has it? Yeah. I mean, for a mid, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what, you, what you guys think. I think I think uh, we consider Burnley defender only once this season. That's what the double game week. Other than that, uh, they are never in uh, in contention then. Yeah, and Pope too hasn't been having a great season, to be honest, as his, his Mr. Fire amount of shots that he could have saved in the previous season. So it doesn't bode well from a defensive perspective. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. And again, when we look at, sorry, and again, uh, Gabe, when we look at the uh, fixture difficulty, it's bright green for Burnley against Newcastle attack. Mm -hmm. And we're saying it's not. I say it's not, it's, it's more, <laughs> we're saying it's more neutral. No. Okay. Now, now the one thing I will say about Burnley attack is obviously this is the this takes into account the last six and and has a, a greater kind of sample sizes as far as the data goes. But if we look at the last three, for example, Chris Wood has three goals in three. Um, he has a double digit return. He had a double digit return against Southampton in the last match. So he has nine, eight, and ten in the last three. Um, so I, I do think their attack is improving and that improvement may not be reflected in the metric just yet um i like you know I, and we we talked we chatted about this last night you know chris wood was was almost a little prince this week spoiler it's not chris wood um <laughs> but it could it could have been and and it's not vidra either for those of you getting some wild and crazy ideas here with vidra he's been one of my he nearly came in my team vidra there we go there's a little, there's a little sneak peek to sneak, sneak peek to mariners complete just, just complete wreck, a wreck of a team. We'll come on to that another day. Um, okay, um, obviously City very positive again with respect to attack, but who's going to play? Uh, we'll come to that when we talk about the captaincies. I think it's probably a better way of of, of looking at that there. Um, 
Defensively wise, obviously Chelsea 3.8 positive, Liverpool 1.1, City 1. Um, I don't think there's a lot to say about Chelsea really. We, we, we've it's been said, right? Um, I think the issue is, um, obviously Rudiger missed out last Rudiger missed out last week, Alonso. Everybody's now lumping on Alonso again, right? Um, where do we go with that conversation? Is that worth covering now, or are we? You know, I, I thought Gabe, and this is just we maybe we'll say one brief thing about it. I thought Alonso was badly out of position for those goals um, on um, on Saturday last yeah, week. I think. Um, a team like Westbrook could target that entire flank, and uh, I think every other team, if Alonso starts, will be targeting that that flank. And with Zuma, didn't pretty much help. If Rudiger was there, there would have been a bit of a cover, but then with Zuma, that wasn't there, and it was clearly explored by Kyle Robinson in, in the enter of the Westbrook attack. Yeah, so I don't see uh, Tukil starting Alonso uh, for the next few weeks, but then I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Uh, I'm getting getting it there. But then I, after what happened, I, I think Rudiger should be straight back and uh, Chilil should continue. Yeah, and this is what uh, I feel. Yeah. Well, I'll book my at 17 minutes 32. Surya says Alonso's not playing next two. Well, here's here's. <laughs> so yeah. so so one 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 thing I will say about that. I'm I'm going to disagree a little bit here. Um, I I don't think. One, I don't think it was necessarily Alonso's fault. I think uh, Thomas Tuchel sets up his team in a very specific way to do very specific things. And he does not put Alonso out there to cover the left back position. He just doesn't, he's, he's smarter than that. So I think, I think what he was missing here and what, what he may have overlooked, I don't know if, it, if overlooked is even the right word because it's, you're playing West Brom, you, you don't expect West Brom to turn into 1970 Brazil, do you? So, uh, <laughs> I mean, this is just ridiculous. I mean, even even Johnstone was playing almost center mid. He gets the assist, right? It's just, um, but uh, Chelsea sorely missed uh, Ngolo Kante, who has been really fantastic in the past four or five matches, and and Jorginho just does not have, he just doesn't have the mobility to cover for Kante. Um, when Alonso and Kante play, Kante can drop in and, co and cover for Alonso. So I, I still, I, I don't think that match really tells us anything. I don't think it's going to change anything of what Chelsea does. And I don't think it's going to knock them from their number one rank of, uh, you know, the number one defensive rank. Um, so I, if, I, if I had bought Alonso for last game week, I think everything, all the reasons uh, for which you bought him still apply. Fair enough. So you wouldn't be objectionable. You certainly wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be worried about holding two Chelsea defenders at this moment. I wouldn't. I, I would even consider I, no. And, but I, but I think and and I thought this last week I, before. I, I think Rudiger is is really the best choice. He's he's best value, most nailed. It's all around best choice in in my opinion. But I think I think Alonso is you know an, an upside rotation risk is a great match to to, to pair with him. Well, I think we'll cover Liverpool when we get to the wild card as well. So let's keep moving through these fixtures. So let's move to the second five. Uh, and we've got West Ham against Leicester. Um, West Ham 2.8 attack against Leicester defence 3.2. Slightly positive for West Ham. Leicester attack 2.9. West Ham defence 3.3. 3. 
slightly positive for Leicester attack. That's a close one. That's that's a close game. Um, whether there's a Declan Rice factor going to come into there remains to be seen. Spurs against Man U. Spurs attack 3.2. Man U defence 2.4. Perhaps a struggle, slightly, um, for Spurs. Man U attack 3.4. Spurs defence 3.3. That neutral. Um, Sheffield United against Arsenal. This will be an interesting one. Sheffield United... 4.9 against Arsenal defence, 4.3. So that's... <laughs> there's no certainty there of <laughs> Arsenal keeping a clean sheet, in my opinion. And Arsenal attack 4.1 against Sheffield United defence, 7. I wish that Arsenal game was last night and not tonight because we could talk a lot more about Arsenal. <laughs> because we don't know what's, we don't know what team's going to be out, do we? Um, what time do they kick off? Do we know? Uh, not in the early Europa League, isn't it? So we might I wonder if we might get team news before we go off air. Um, just a, just a no, it's, it's not early. It's uh, noon, it's not, noon my time. So uh, right, okay, that's not going to be any good then. Um, West Brom against Southampton. West Brom attack four against Southampton defence four point one, very neutral. Southampton attack three point one against West Brom defence three point nine, perhaps. Uh, something for Danny Ings there, maybe, looking at that. And Brighton against Everton. Brighton attack 2.8, Everton defence 4. Positive for Brighton. Everton attack 2.4, Brighton defence 2.5. Very tight. Um, so, I think, obviously, we've got the Arsenal attack here, guys. Um, they That's by far the best matchup of the, uh, of the week with respect to mm. attack. Um, hardly surprising. <laughs> I think I think the situation is is uh, again it, it's very difficult for us to talk about it tonight. But I would be saying that my perspective is, uh, and I can't do it now because I've already moved Salah in. Um, but I think if um, on another day, another different time with my team, I may have considered Lacazette to bring in and possibly captain. Uh, if indeed he doesn't play, if he doesn't play tonight, and he hasn't played much in the Europa League, I, I was checking yeah. earlier, he hasn't played a lot. It's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know Nima's talking about wanting to sell. Nima's literally like just champing at the bit to sell Aubameyang. I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, right, all right, so that's that bit. So very quickly now then, let's have a quick look at the fixture difficulties going forward. So again, if people who are listening want to go on and just go to the YouTube, we'll put the timestamps on, go go to YouTube, pause it and be able to look at it. Uh, and I'm just going to give you a few headlines which I've highlighted here. That's nothing more. Um, and again, then I'll just throw it open for comment, boys. So... Arsenal might, this is what I'm saying, Arsenal might be green on some fixture difficulties, but they're not on ours. <laughs> that's, the, that's the first thing. You know, uh, average between 31 and 36, excluding 33, virtually neutral for both attack and defence. You see that at the end, minus 0.2 and minus 0.3. That doesn't suggest that they've got great matchups at all uh, at this moment in time. Brighton improve 
their fixture difficulties get easier after 33 33 to 36 um you can see that very clearly just by the colors chelsea's defensive fixture difficulties um over the next um over that period 31 to 36 plus 1.9 average they stay good um everton's attack improving only only approving for attack not improving for defense um my notes here say leicester are interesting from 32 to 35. so and i think that's i mean that's attack and defense potentially uh but i think probably more attack uh and of course we don't know what's happening with the other with the other uh, with players coming back um liverpool are improving will they continue to improve because they're slowly turning green but are they going to go dark green i think that's the that's the thing my strong feeling here is jota is going to change their attack that's that's where i come from uh, and then just the very last two comments on this and games disappeared again it just sounds like we're going to be going back to last <laughs> at least there's not a jackhammer going like last week um spurs attack um fixture difficulties almost improving week on week so it just they just get better and better and better they've obviously got a double game week um yeah. you know yes the blank in 33 but then they springboard out of the blank with sheffield united leeds and wolves yeah, they're really strong fixed they're really really yeah. they'll be really strong matchups oh hello gabe you're back <laughs> so here's a there's a cattail here oh god the cat, the cat walked on the usb connector and they unplugged the camera <laughs> look we've only been going 26 minutes it's bound to go wrong something's gonna go wrong soon we've done well so far um and and then just the last one again i just wanted to just comment at the end is wolves there was really a great deal of talk about their fixture swing but it's new, they're neutral at best so um anything you want to comment on this guys which is just which jumps out to you just um you know just 30 seconds each yeah i think spurs attack stand out i think they blank but then as you said they bounce back from blank pretty pretty good wolves leads i think leads improve but wolves again it's wolves and sheffield i think very good fixtures to target and Kane generally finishes strong uh, towards the fag end of the season and he's already been great. I think uh, Kane and Son are both holds for me. But then if you are on a wild card, maybe a defender uh, would do. But then uh, it also comes to the fact that you might have to bench one of them uh, for, because they have a blank. But uh, uh, that that matchups are really interesting considering it's Wolves and uh, Sheffield United. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the one thing I would say about uh, Spurs, obviously they have a... I've just got rid of Bale, but hardly surprising. The entire world sold Gareth Bale this week, haven't they? Um, yeah. but I think he sold himself as well. <laughs> maybe he's sold it. Maybe he's bought another new set of golf clubs. I, I don't know. I think he'll be on the golf course a lot going forward. Um, but they springboard, like you say, they do blank. They have the double, then they blank, but then they come back with a good fixture. I might flip flop from. Son, I might take Son out in 33 and bring him back in 34. I have already thought about that. Just to give myself that extra play up, the, the, the extra player. Um, but yeah, I mean, they do look quite hopeful. Gabe, anything you want to add? Uh, the one thing I'm looking at here is the, the positives for Man City. 1.7 yeah. and 1.4 in the green. And I've, I've heard just a lot of chatter 
who's everyone selling for all these new players with the good fixtures? They're selling those Man City players. But the, I trouble think that there's... the trouble is we don't know who's playing. If they get knocked right. out next week, they're not. I mean, actually, yeah, I shouldn't be saying this because I'm English, but I, and I obviously I, I should be hoping that teams do well in the Champions League. But quite frankly, Champions League's causing me a nightmare at the moment. I hope we both get knocked out. <laughs> Uh, your, your your true fandom comes out, Mariner. First 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 be second FPL. We're at the bottom of the football league. Screw everybody else. <laughs> you're, you're like the the Gareth Bale of FPL. Like first golf, <laughs> not for you. First Grimsby, <laughs> then FPL, then country. Then country. <laughs> Oh dear! But, uh, it is a problem, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, Liverpool being down by the the two behind, aren't they? So I mean, they they if Liverpool did get knocked out, then that could that might mean that those players are perhaps nailed on for the rest of the season. Yeah. They they basically um, already have been knocked out. But I say that as a Real Madrid fan. Oh, I know you. Know. Sorry. <laughs> what team? What team? Uh, what Real team? Madrid. Oh, los merengues de Real Madrid. <laughs> I, I but, but, I, but I do want to say that I, I think there's an opportunity here for those that are you know that are looking to to catch up in rank or, or looking to move move up a risk on you know you, you could risk the rotation the Man City rotation um, I, I think keeping some Man City coverage as others are are selling uh, I think could present an opportunity if if you have the proper you know um, bench cover for it. Yeah, and that, but that's the problem. This, uh, what happened to me last week is I suffered with the City rotation and then had bloody Gareth Bale as well, which completely, which completely hammered me. I had six uh, players last week that didn't play or played less than like 45 minutes. So that scored like one point. So I, mean, I, I, I know I, all about it. I got, a face, I got a fate worse than death. I got beaten by the scout. <laughs> that's pretty bad all right well that's the end of the show everybody this will be the last net that hall thank yeah, you for joining I'm us expert. we're done, I'm, we're done. I'm, I'm not an expert i'm talentless <laughs> oh, oh oh god did i say that oh god <laughs> next thing i'll be saying joe linden your oh, talentless <laughs> dreams don't exist and your country's a piece of shit so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god. right concentrate uh, right finish for <laughs> <laughs> Christ, I've lost. I've lost my train of thought completely. Um, what the hell are we? Oh yes, on the horizon. So this is the last bit of me. Then I'm going to move on because I've run over by one minute already. Um, just to let you know, guys, again, check check this out because you need to look at this um, visually. But um, between the fixtures, between 31 and 36, excluding 33, if we were ranking. Uh, teams with the easiest and the hardest fixture difficulty for attack and defence. Um, straightforward rankings. City at the top. This is attack. City, Everton, Spurs, West Ham, Liverpool. And at the bottom, reading up, Palace, Southampton, Villa, Burnley, Sheffield United. And defence, top to uh, from the top, Chelsea, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Brighton. And at the bottom, Sheffield United. Palace, Southampton, Burnley, and Wolves. Um, that's that excludes thirty-three. Now, if we just very quickly cover thirty-three, we're not far away from that. Now, we've got to start thinking about thirty-three in my eyes. 
best rank it best matchup for 33 is Brighton for both attack and defense the number one the trouble is I don't know that we'll get unless unless you're free it I don't think you're gonna have any so um then you've got so attack wise I'll just read I'll just read them down top to bottom one to 16 here we go Brighton Everton Wolves Liverpool Leicester Burnley Chelsea Arsenal Villa United Newcastle getting towards the bottom now West Brom Leeds West Ham Palace and Sheffield United and defense Brighton Leicester Chelsea Man United Villa Liverpool Leeds West Brom Everton West Ham Wolves Palace Newcastle Burnley Arsenal and Sheffield United so there we go so that's basically the fixture difficulty for the next uh for the few weeks again guys look this is it takes us a while to go through this i know there's various madness going on in the background as well as usual so we probably waste five minutes talking crap but at the same time um i hope this i hope this helps you and if it just gives you the chance just to pause your wild card just look at those rankings look at your teams and go right okay he's ranked first he's in the first team you know they're ranked first second third if you're if you've got players from those high rankings going forward you're not going to go far wrong i think that's the i think that's the simplest way to put it so that's mariner out let me uh, one more thing and if, if anybody else mentions joe linton anymore my chair's going to collapse again. <laughs> i can't believe that joe linton got a goal and an assist because that's just enough that's that that's enough to finish me off what, what to do <laughs> All I can say is I called it weeks ago. Not for this game, but for another. <laughs> <laughs> the lights are even going off now. As also, <laughs> I, trying, I was trying to rig something up so that the picture was going to fall off the wall when I was talking about Joe Linton, but I never got around to it. It's a shame, really. But anyway, there we go. He's my mate. He's my mate. Yeah. Surya, 34 minutes I've been talking now, on and off. It's about time I rested my vocal cords. So. I'm going to pass it across <laughs> yeah. to you and let you have a go at this wild card special, my friend. So, um, no, no. Oh, and by the way, just before I pass you on, no, that is not a Joe Linton jersey behind me. <laughs> no, no, God, no. Grimsby Town, not Newcastle. Black and white stripes. Only about yeah. what, 72 positions, 70 positions apart in the league or something like that. Right, over to you, mate. Let us let me put your team up and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah. There you are, buddy. Right, over to yeah. you. Sorry, yeah? All yours. Okay, uh, so this is the draft phase that I'm finally uh, happy with for the last 18 hours or so. So I've been edited since uh, I gave Gabe uh, the final draft yesterday evening. So this is how it looks. So a lot of players that came close. A oh, few questions that I would address before uh, explaining my team selection is that uh, uh, one thing is Arsenal defense. Is this is worth considering. And uh, uh, especially with Tierney out and uh, Lewis out, how long will holding play? Is it worth considering them? And uh, as, you see, as you saw, uh, the fixture difficulty rating as well showed Arsenal attack and defense both uh, poor for uh, the next few weeks. So that's that's one hot topic over there. And the next thing is, uh, uh, should we go Trent or not? So because Trent, of course, is the, the 7.3 and you get a 4 million playing defender in Liverpool at 4 million. So is it worth going Trent or 
is it worth considering uh, someone like Aaron Criswell because uh, Criswell is of course the highest scoring uh, defender this season and he's got 10 assists uh, that that's one thing that uh, that there was a common question that uh, came into my mind that that one and uh, last thing was uh, which city defender do you choose do you choose Diaz do you choose Cancelo do you choose Stones or the fact that I could uh, add Edison and then uh, rest uh, rest all of this confusion uh, for a uh to be done completely was also there but then uh, you wouldn't uh, uh you wouldn't waste that much six point uh, edison is 6.2 or 6.3 if i'm not wrong so i wasn't willing to lose that much so this is it with uh, uh defenders so i'll go to defenders first and then get to the goalkeepers so as you saw in the fixture difficulty fdr of mariners of just four five minutes back uh chelsea or city uh united Liverpool, all top, where uh, one, two, three, four, with Brighton, uh, that in the list, and uh, that actually gives me some peace that I did some. <laughs> my research was quite spot on with what the metric has shown out. Uh, one thing that I would might change uh, in the next 24 hours or so is that ship holding out and get back Weltman. I had Weltman in my team already, and I moved Weltman out for uh, for what joy I don't know, but <laughs> but then I lost point one over there, so I. I'll shamelessly admit that I did a blunder over that. So I might have to bring him back because I have 0.9 left and uh, that uh, FDR of uh, Brighton is looking really good and it does really make sense for uh, me to get Weltman over holding. But then Rudiger, Trent, Shaw and Diaz are pretty much nailed on. Uh, an alternative combination that I would suggest is uh, maybe uh, Nat Phillips instead of uh, uh, gives you 3.3 million nicely over that. And maybe upgrade another uh, defender to uh, someone like Aaron Criswell. At uh, I think he's 5.9, so you could save save some something there. But then why I didn't do it is was the fact that Rice is missing for uh, this time. Uh, uh, that impacts him both defensively and attacking wise. So uh, that, that that's what Matt is doing. So uh, I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to go there. So. I, I, at one point, probably I could get uh, Trent, uh, Trent uh, itself in my team. So that that was the thought process behind it. And if you were want to double up on Liverpool defense, maybe because of the fact that that play was scored, that thought came in my mind as well. But uh, when you look at it, uh, you'll have to miss out on one of Salah and Jota, which uh, I'm not willing to. Uh, the fact that Salah lost this top spot in the uh, raced golden boot uh, this week to Kane. Uh, it's 1918 in Kane's favor. I think Salah missed out last year as well, and he'll be doing anything in his uh, capacity to get that golden boot back uh, uh, back to him. So uh, Salah's there, and Jota, Jota uh, with uh, Mane fading quite considerably this season, I think uh, we need to talk about that. Mane has been uh, quite poor for Liverpool for over a period of time, and uh, there's no other player than Jota who's very important for Liverpool at the moment. I would say even he's he's more important player than Salah at the moment. And uh, at 6.8, you are getting a premium uh, team, uh, the current Premier League champions attacker. And uh, it would be a foolish move to not uh, take in Diego Jota. And that's the reason I not consider Nat Phillips. That's that's one thing. Um, of course, uh, uh, Bruno Fernandes, 58.9 ownership. I think I'm leaving it there. So if someone has the guts to go against the uh, EO and the ownership uh, and you've got to try something, I think uh, uh, someone like Sterling in place of Fernandes might work, but then I don't have the balls to do that. So I'm not, uh, I'm not going there anyway. So that's, that's, that's one thing. Uh, the last two of my midfield slots, Lingard and Rafinha, 
So I had uh, Lingard, Rafinha, Madison, uh, Gundogan, who's already in my team, uh, playing for four, two spots out of the four. Uh, but with Antonio out injured and Lingard enjoying such great form, I think he would be um, he would be part of uh, much of the bulk of uh, West Ham's attack and. Uh, uh, with the form he is at, at the moment, six goals, four assists, if I'm not wrong, since joining West Ham. I think Moyes will try to push push him further up the pitch. I think Bowen played false nine, if I'm not wrong, once uh, uh, Antonio was off injured. And he's, of course, uh, uh, is due to be injured for most of the remainder of the season. So, uh, and uh, that's one foolish move of mine of not getting Lingard uh, earlier in my team because he's now already won by 20%, which is... Uh, Quite the right, quite the handsome rise because uh, he came into picture just few weeks back. So twenty percent is quite the high ownership for for a player who came into FPL FPL relevance uh, just a few weeks back. So Lingard and uh, Rafinha, someone who has good stats, was, was, was an all-round player. I think it was a direct battle between Rafinha and Gundogan. Uh, Gundogan had the fixtures. Uh, City has the best FDRs in terms of attack and defense. But the fact that we all don't know who's nailed and who's not nailed, uh, who will start and who will not start. And uh, Leeds will definitely not sit back and defend. And I think they are pretty much safe from the drop zone. And uh, I think Wales will go all in against the big teams. I think uh, one thing that I want to bring into uh, notice was the Leeds versus Man City match as well at the beginning of the season. I think that was a phenomenal end-to-end game. It was, I think it was a draw, if I'm not wrong. But then... It was it was completely attacking uh, uh, attacking uh, right through the ninety minutes, and I think that should repeat. And Rafinha should be amongst the points. So that's my midfield. Uh, any comments, guys? We've been talking for some ten minutes right now. You guys have anything to add? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the first question, and it was mentioned in the chat by somebody as well, is um, going into thirty-two without Son. Yeah, how, that's how do you uh, how do you respond to that concern not having Son for the double in thirty two? Yeah, the thing is, I actually wanted Son. Uh, I wanted him in place of Salah, uh, but the fact that uh, uh, one more thing that kept that was that that in my back of my mind was uh, uh, Liverpool lost pretty badly to Aston Villa the last time they played seven two. Uh, so I think they would go all guns blazing to to take some moral high against Aston Villa and. Also, the fact that Villa's defense have been poor—that uh, that's that's a known uh, known thing. Uh, the FDR says so as well. The matchup just looks with uh, Salah, and I'm afraid to go without Salah. But uh, my thinking is to move Salah and get back uh, Son for 32 for the double. Uh, that of course means I miss out Salah for needs uh, a few sacrifices I have to make. But the thing is that uh, there's another fact that I have to consider is that Salah scored a hat trick against Leeds, Leeds in the first game week of the season. So that's pretty much of a spot over there uh, in terms of how do I get Son uh, back into my team. So, but at the moment, what I'm thinking is uh, Salah to Son or Fernandez to Son uh, for 32, and then revert back uh, uh, immediately after they blank is what uh, uh, my my thought process was because uh, uh, the matchup looks good for uh, Liverpool and with uh, they being most likely out of Champions League, uh, with all due respects, Madrid uh, being a season team in Champions League, uh, that is, uh, they, they won't do a Barcelona to uh, allow Liverpool to come back. So I, I, I see uh, Liverpool focusing on the top four uh, and Salah focusing on the golden boot. So I was uh, 
that 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 swung uh, swung Salah for me against Aston Villa. That that's how I would answer uh, what I would do with Son. Uh, that that's one thing. And uh, yes, yes, Keith, that that that. that. And then the, there's one there's one more thing so that was also brought up in the chat. Sorry to interrupt, man. Or, man or, um, and that's maybe maybe considering Masuaku instead of holding. Masuaku instead of holding. Yeah, it, I think looks, he's back. Yeah, he's back from injury. But I think I made my point over that. So if I'm moving out holding, it will be for wealth, mate. Uh, because I've seen the uh, FPR and I'm a bit of greedy now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> right after the show, that's the move that I'd be making most likely. But Masuaku too was uh, amongst the attacking numbers uh, uh, when he was playing, and he was suddenly uh, went into a surgery, which uh, most didn't tell any of the managers. I think a lot of people had Masuaku, and then he suddenly was uh, posted a picture of him uh, in a hospital bed having surgery, and he'll be out for a few months. And uh, <laughs> uh, most didn't even mention about it in the in the press conference. So yeah, it, it was a bit of a, what do you say, uh, a bit of. A, a commotion in the community, but yeah, uh, I think uh, that's a valid suggestion. Oswaku is definitely a good player, but as I said, uh, Declan Rice's impact is there on uh, West Ham's defense, and uh, I think Weltman would be a better option. I think holding as the show progresses, uh, uh, the foolishness of my uh, me adding holding is increasing as it goes. So uh, I would uh, defend myself from the Hall of Shame and get the uh, Weltman at the earliest. So yeah. But uh, Maswaku too is a very good pick. Maybe if someone is not willing to double up on Chelsea defence for some reason, I think I would strongly uh, go uh, advise against that of not doubling up. Maybe uh, one of West Ham defenders instead of uh, Rudiger. Maybe because you already have Mendy at the back. Uh, but then uh, the rest I don't see removing because Star, Shaw, Diaz, I think they ought to pick themselves. I, I don't see uh, there's a need to change or there or talk about anything uh, because... Again, United's uh, FDR looked good and uh, Shaw's starting consistently since game week 18. I think the last time he missed the game was against Sheffield, which uh, United lost. And he was hooked at 45 against Southampton. Uh, that's because they pretty much already won the game by then. Yeah, other than that, I don't think. And Diaz has missed just one game for Man City. So if there was another pick other than uh, uh, Edison, I think, who's nailed enough to start is Diaz. And of course, he's not a flashy option to give us. Uh, Attacking output, but then still he's scored more points than Cancelo and Stones. So uh, it sometimes you need to be boring to get points in left hill, and DS is one such uh, <laughs> one such option. I would I would say. Yeah. Uh, any other questions? Uh, Fofana and Wildcard. So that's that's that's. I'm quite interesting. Okay. I, I think, uh, I'm quite I'm okay. saving it for the uh, saving it for the little prince pick. I know who it is, and uh, maybe we'll <laughs> talk uh, talk uh, talk about that that team and that team's defense. Uh, uh, in some time, yeah. Uh, moving forward to the attack, I think again, Kane is someone who auto picks. Uh, Kane is someone who auto picks. He's at 48%. Uh, I think the second most owned player after Bruno Fernandes. Uh, if I'm not wrong, I really don't know what the other 52% do. Uh, <laughs> because uh, I just added this at the beginning of the show. Uh, Kane really finishes well against uh, uh, towards the fag end of the season. He always uh, finishes. finishes uh, Gets a few flurry of goals towards the end of the season, the last four or five games. That has been the trend uh, for, since the last five, six seasons that I've uh, I've known. And he's and he's, he's in very good form. I think 32 goal plus assists is, is phenomenal for a striker. And uh, Mourinho jobs uh, is, is pretty much in his hands, in his legs, in his in his head. Uh, so whatever way he has to score goals, he needs to get those goals uh, uh, going for uh, Spurs uh, because they need. 
they very badly need a top four finish and there's no one else other than Kane to get end the fixtures. Of course, they double and then they blank and then they have uh, Wolves, Sheffield, Leeds. Uh, Leeds, I think he, bragged, he backed the brace the last time he played. So, all of them very good matchups as well, backed by stats, backed by the metric. Uh, I don't see a change. Uh, uh, this, this pick could be interesting. A lot of people have been uh, on Vidra for some time and uh, uh, he's at 4.8. Uh, he saves you a lot of money. But just the fact that the third striker spot is pretty open right now because there was DCL in my team. Uh, he failed to score against the worst of the defenses, West Brom. Uh, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace even had a header matchup, uh, headers matchup as well. Uh, he failed. Uh, and uh, quite interesting that I noticed uh, when Madner spoke was uh, Everton's attacker on the rise for the next couple of fixtures. So if someone wants to hold DCL, I think the numbers do uh, show that. Uh, but I'm not certainly keen on holding DCL uh, because uh, after I, I spent some time uh, digging up in the Burnley forums and uh, uh, seeing this is someone who doesn't uh, break a partnership that easily and he's been lavishing praise on how uh, Wood and uh, Vidra have been together this season. Uh, I think the last five games they've scored six goals in between them and the link-up has been ever-growing uh, because Vidra was the fourth-choice striker uh, with uh, Jay Rodriguez, uh, uh, Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood uh, being ahead of them but then uh, Barnes is out injured and uh, Jay Rodriguez has been coming as a sub. Uh, Vidra has been the one hooked out around 70, 75, 68 is spot. So uh, that's that 4.8 is, is fairly nailed to start. Uh, uh, so I don't, I think that fairly explains that. And Newcastle will look to attack uh, because they just badly need points. It's basically a relegation six pointer. You wouldn't lose to your direct uh, opposition in terms of uh, a relegation battle. and. I think the matchup too was pretty close, uh, uh, both equaling equaling out in terms of attack and defense. And I think there is goals in that game if I predict it right, because both the defense are slightly shaky. I would say so. Uh, that's it. Uh, uh, all of this at the back. Uh, uh, the real thing at the back is he's just four point eight, and I didn't have fun. So that's the <laughs> sorry, guys. That's the one uh, one main reason. But uh, he does he does seem to offer value and. Uh, uh, if someone was looking, the last spot I would uh, touch upon is Ian Acho. Um, I think there's been a lot of love for uh, a lot of love for uh, Jamie Vardy in the comments. One stat that I'll quickly say: since gaming 17, he scored just one goal. Uh, one goal in 13 weeks for a 10 million striker. I think he's woefully out of form. Of course, he's in, he's on penalties. Uh, that's that's always always there. Uh, but the fact that when someone is in the form of his life, he's he's got the uh, player of uh, player of the uh, month, uh, the Premier League player of the month award. He's got five goals since game week twenty six. Uh, he's got the numbers, and at five point eight, I don't uh, I don't see why people would go body uh, over here, Nacho. But of course, there is uh, risk of uh, rotation since Madison is back. Uh, uh, but but then. But then you gotta live the risk. You you gotta take the high road and see <laughs> what works out and what doesn't. Because uh, uh, you have someone like Vardy, the entire draft gets very imbalanced. Because right away you can't afford Trent Alexander and all. You'll have to move to uh, Nat Phillips. And just in case, if you want to move Vardy out, if it doesn't work out, uh, even though they they have uh, good fixtures, then you'll have to consider someone downgrade, say DCL at seven or maybe even Vidra at 
uh, 4.8 and then use that funds to upgrade on midfield and that's three transfers wasted and you just have eight more for eight or nine more for the remainder of the season so uh, that is my explaining to tell why <coughs> sorry guys why i didn't go uh, uh, body over uh, ianacho and um, man rightly pointed out uh, of uh, lacazette i do i did consider him but uh, uh, after seeing arsenal's attack fdr i am not going that uh, mm-hmm. frankly straight up <laughs> yeah, so that's the reason uh, so that yeah just maybe a one week fund he would work uh, yeah but i don't see it uh, working out in the in the long run no. yeah so no. um, that's I've, a I've, of, uh, I've just got a couple of questions for you sorry and just to close this section off um yeah Obviously, there's no formation there. What are you looking at playing four four two? Yeah, that's that's four four two is what I'm looking at basically. Uh, holding or the holding of Wildman whenever he comes in uh, on the bench, and Vidra uh, or one of uh, uh, Rafinha Lingard on the bench is what I'm uh, looking at. But of course, it, it depends on the matchup. So I would uh, since that's another problem that I wanted to point out was that I still have that annoying bench boost left. So I really couldn't. That was quite a few shouts for Amelte at 3.9, uh, and uh, quite uh, even some. So I have seen a lot of drafts going Kane and Davis at 4.2 as Dustin the striker uh, take up funds, uh, show it up, and have I've seen drafts that have Salah, Fernandez, Jota, Son, and another uh, player. I have, but that means uh, Ta couldn't. I couldn't afford Ta, and I couldn't afford a, a third playing striker. So that annoying bench boost uh, really costed me a direct son uh, transfer in. But then I am willing to uh, make amends with that fact and get that uh, annoying uh, bench boost out out of my sight uh, pretty soon. That's 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 the reason. If someone is wondering why I have uh, 14 or 15, basically Foster is two playing for Southampton, 15 on 50. But uh, yeah, so if I would advise if you don't have uh, uh, that. Option uh, of that option of having a wild card left, maybe uh, downgrade uh, one striker, one non-playing striker, and then try fixing in uh, Son indirectly because uh, uh, that matchups are quite uh, impressive to, to to begin with. Yeah, so that's that's just, my take. Man. And one other point, and it's just a general point for the for the viewers and the listeners. Uh, of course, with every wild card, you need to have a captaincy plan. Yeah, so exactly. who's you? What's uh, I, I'm looking at this. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This is this is where I would go if I was looking at your team. Thirty. I'm, I'm not going to talk about this week because we'll talk about captaincy later. Yeah, thirty-two yeah. is obviously Kane. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be foolish. Three, uh, Salah. Thirty-four yeah. Kane. Thirty-five Salah. Yeah, that's how you roll. Yeah, that's where it's I. Just basically. Yeah, so that, that's, that's how. Double game week, Everton, Southampton, 33 Kane, uh, sorry, Salah against Newcastle, Newcastle, 34 Kane against Sheffield United, 35 Salah against Southampton. Southampton, yeah. That's, that's how I would uh, do because it makes sense because they are number one and number two in, in terms of the Golden Boot race. And I think they will do anything in their capacity to go to get uh, uh, more goals. So uh, I think that makes sense for me to rotate in between the two. That, that, that was the idea all along. So, yeah. Uh, fair enough. That's a good point. That's good. There's, I mean, just just one last question, just because it's been mentioned yeah. in the in the chat as well. Um, yeah. FPL Swain mentioned uh, just yeah. basically saying Greenwood. Anyone? 
Um, yeah, I quite, like, I quite like the idea of Mason Greenwood at this moment in time. Um, <laughs> yes, is he crossed your mind? Yeah, I think we did have a chat as well on that. He did cross the mind because Marshall is fairly out of out of the season. That's been confirmed earlier, and uh, Cavani doesn't have the legs to play all games. So I think Greenwood uh, uh, has a very good chance of. Uh, uh, starting regularly, or at least even if he's benched oddly, uh, he could get uh, he could get 30 at least because I don't see Cavani holding up more than 60, 65. To be, to be honest, and that could get you returns. Uh, but since that is Bruno Fernandes already uh, doubling up is quite a bit of a stretch at the moment uh, because Lingard is basically playing just behind his leg. <coughs> oh. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Uh, maybe even playing higher up on uh, higher up on the pitch uh, with Lingard, Lingard there. Uh, so that's that's where I kept a little bit of space. I think I have one or one point my one million on on the bank. Maybe move move a Lingard and Rafinha uh, with players like Greenwood. Uh, maybe Grealish back could could give them a chance. They still have that uh, double game week. Uh, they still have the fixture against Everton to be confirmed. So uh, Villa might get a double. So. Uh, that was the idea of that was another idea. So to have something in the bank so that you could uh, move move that particular fourth fifth midfielder slot amongst because uh, towards the fag end there could be a lot more of uh, budget options opening up. But uh, I would say definitely in my radar for thirty two uh, thirty three, but not definitely on thirty one because uh, it's a stretch to double up on United because. You do have uh, Europa League to consider, and yeah, I think Abad Baden is a very good shout, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I maybe muted you very briefly then. Yeah, no, I, no, I went no, to no. cough myself, and I, I muted you instead of myself. That was <laughs> that right. we, we all we all heard the cough loud and clear there. Yeah, thanks, I'm sorry about that, boys. Um, right, okay, thanks, thanks, buddy. Um, I think it's yeah. you know. It's a really, really good. It's a really good wild card, and I, I'm very jealous that you've got it. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm jealous you've got Benjamin, even though I know it's like a sword of Damocles hanging over you. Yeah. But yeah. I just um, want to this question. Uh, sorry. Uh, that right. question of uh, having a template wild card not uh, bother you at all. Uh, I don't see it as template. Uh, just because the players are popular on Twitter doesn't mean that they are actually owned highly because uh, Salah is still owned by 30%. That's still a net of minus 70 over that. Lingard was on 20. Elanach was on 5 the last time I saw. Jota was on 10%. Uh, I think you you can't be looking at a wild card and, and uh, just for the sake of going differential, go uh, and pick players. 5%, 4% ownership because, of course, uh, Sterling did cross my mind. But uh, to get Sterling in, you'll have to move Fernandes out. And uh, if that's the case, I will not be able to rotate between Salah and Son. Uh, what me makes uh, you guys have to think of one thing that uh, you'll have to attack the fixtures and rotate smartly. That's how the whole season I've been because you get on the right assets, drop out of the right assets at the right time. And uh, uh, just because uh, it doesn't mean you have to go against the template, you just Need to smartly play along the template. That could, that could uh, definitely get you points. I think Mariner has done that uh, quite handsomely this season. So uh, his rank speaks to that. Uh, I think it, it's. I think Mariner has forever stood by the FDR and the uh, captaincy metric right to the season, and it 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 doesn't even bring in differentials because uh, uh, 
when the player doesn't play that much of minute it doesn't come into the uh, metric uh, correctly from yeah. wrong so yeah i think it it, it makes sense that uh, you could have a good rank you could get good green arrows just by having a normal team just because someone says it looks template or uh, live fpl says a template rating of 75 80% you don't have to bother that uh, you're having the same team at the, at the end of the day it's just the captaincy pick that matters and uh, the main players moving moving from them getting back them at the right time at the right junctures i think is is the trend of this particular season yeah i think i am getting it back over to you yeah well well i can i can assure you you can still get red arrows with a template team <laughs> yeah but that's bad it's bad. so we uh we take the high road <laughs> yeah i i i that's that just perfect all right then um okay thanks very much mate um so what we'll do is we'll just take a a very quick break and then we will start with you Gabe so uh, just uh, stand by yeah okay so Gabe there's, Here we are. There's, there's a picture of me and Nima on the screen What's, <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> you guys are filling in for me. I, I'm taking a little, I'm taking another international break this week. So I'll leave you with the compass. I'll try to make this quick since we're, since we're already over an hour. Um, it, it's again, so this week, um, my, the FPL matchups, it's not posted yet. It'll be probably be posted this afternoon. Um, so what, what I did is I went to the FPL compass show and Nima's observations and the transfer trends. Um, I'm sure he'll be publishing his article sometime later today or perhaps early tomorrow um, on, on his transfer trends here. And I mean, I just want to show like, first we see everybody's getting Jota in, right? Rightly so. Um, and and we'll, we'll discuss why in just a second. But I wanted to look at, I, I hear a lot of people selling Hafinha, Gundogan, and Bale, right? So Bale is obvious, easy. Um, he shouldn't even be on this screen to begin with. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to shame Mariner a little bit more. Um, so, but I wanted to take a look at, you know, just, just because we, we have a good rising asset in Jota, uh, does it, there's Bale. <laughs> no wonder you like Bale so much. You're a golfer. <laughs> um, I wanted, I was just questioning whether, whether that's, is that, is that really the best, um, the best kind of move to make? taking out Hafinha and Gundogan that have been good um, uh, for a player who's also playing good well, or playing well. So let's take a look at that. I'll do it. There we go. So, um, whoops. <laughs> Sorry about that. I need to bring this one up. There we go. It's about time someone else had some technical difficulties rather than married. <laughs> All right. So, so what I did was I um, I did a, another scouting report backed by popular demand. It was super popular in, in the matchups uh, article last week. Uh, I got a, a lot of great feedback, and it's something I guess that you don't see much out there. So I went back to it from a coach's lens. So first, um, I, I'm looking at Jota over over two matches in the game against Arsenal, and then I'll look at the game uh, the the match against Wolves. Um, just to see why why he's such a good player, right? Um, then I'll look at uh, the um, what is it the Gundogan game against Southampton. I'll explain why and when I get there. And then after that, I'll look at the Hafinha game against Chelsea. Um, and again, I'll explain why when we get there. So 
so this is um we see we see Jota with the ball here and 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 we see look at the way Liverpool's kind of what is it it's a front one two three four five five right now the extra player in there is James Milner who kind of came from deep bringing that ball up and he passed to Jota so look at the attraction Jota gets from the two um defensive midfielders right they both step to him and that opens up space for Hafina on the inside um so if if we if we think of the the Liverpool kind of let's say let's call them a front four right with um Mane, Jota, Firmino and Salah so if we think about those front four the inclusion of Jota what that does is it attracts attention from opposing defenders so Firmino can drop and actually receive the ball in space so mostly this season when Jota hasn't played Firmino is pressed up against uh, the opposing back lines and he's receiving the ball under pressure um and he's he's not had a great season and then him not having a great season paired with him receiving the ball under pressure has led to some pretty poor attacks for Liverpool. So this is one way Jota changes that front line is he gives Firmino freedom to drop in deep to receive the ball with more space while still having a presence, a, a Liverpool presence in front of Firmino. So we see here uh, in the first image, the um, <clears throat> Jota is about to play the ball to Firmino and there's a big green circle of space in front of him for where he can play it. So now, here we go. This is, this is the next play. Firmino has the ball. We see Trent getting involved in the attack here. And, and look how, how, the shape, um, how the shape has changed. We have Trent, Salah. I'm, I'm going to ignore Milner for now. We have Trent, Salah. Now, now that Jota has played the ball for Firmino, he's pushing in to the back line. He's getting forward. But he's going to put out, I'll show you uh, shortly here, he's going to push into the gap between holding and chambers. So between the right center back and the right back. Firmin or uh, Jota is a master at finding pockets of space. Everywhere he goes, he's always in good space. That, and that's what makes him such a, such a good player, but also such an attractive fantasy asset because he's always ready to receive the ball. In, with it, when he receives the ball, he'll have a good opportunity to do something with it. So we see as Firmino drops, there's the, you know, and we look at the, the shape of the line for the Liverpool attack. We have the front four pushing the, the back line of the Arsenal back line. And then the one player deep in Firmino um, able to play the ball here. Oops, get back here. There we go. Whoops. Okay, here we go. And, and then this is, this is the next play. So the ball went out from Firmino, went wide to Salah. And look how high uh, right now, and then Salah plays the ball to Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's, this is the play where he's about to swing in that cross, that ridiculously perfect cross, right? So what we're seeing here, where Trent is receiving the ball, right at the corner of the box, Salah has been receiving the ball there all season. Yeah. And Trent has been further back. So what's happened to Liverpool's attack is they get flattened at the box. But now with the inclusion of Jota, they have that extra player in there. So it doesn't matter who drops in, in like deep to receive it. It can be Salah. It can be Firmino. They'll always have a front four. And then, and then if Salah dropping this place in this time to, to receive it from Firmino um, gives a space for Trent to, to push in, right? So now we're seeing, now, now we see, uh, I believe that is, who is that? Um, is that Obama? Yeah, that's, a, for some reason, that's Obama Yang at left back. 
um, he's uh, he. But you see, the 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 back line for for uh, Arsenal is getting stretched, and spaces are starting to open up now. I want to turn turn your attention to Jota. Jota sees um, Chambers looking to his right at Sadio Mane. He knows Chambers is engaged with Sadio Mane. And then he sees Holding looking at the ball because Trent is about to get the ball in space. This Jota recognizes this immediately as a space that's about to open up. And you can see it in the, with the small arrow there. That's where Jota is going to slide in. As Holding gets attracted by the ball, Chambers gets attracted by Mane. Jota sees the space developing before it before it even develops here. A little too big there. There we go. Now we see, so there, there it is. We see Chambers is pulled wide. Jota's running into a lane as Holding is actually coming central, right? Because um, he's attracted by the ball. That's what we call, what coaches say, stop ball watching. That's holding ball watching and not looking over his shoulder, seeing that Jota's there. Jota's already running into that space. The ball is in the air. Um, holding has to adjust. So he's moving forward, which means he has to stop and then move back. And that stop and moving back is what gives the ball time to pop over his head. And I mean, this is just a perfect cross from, from Trent Alexander-Arnold. It pops over, over Holding's head, lands right on Jota's head. And that's, he just smashes it in there. The, the header, the power on the header, the way he flicked that header in, was really uh, was really impressive. This is uh, okay. This, so next next play, same game. Next play. This is Salah's goal. But I just wanted to show, even on Salah's goal, look at Jota recognizing the space, recognizing uh, that is Chambers and holding ball watching again. Right? They they're ball watching and they're watching Firmino and Mane running into the box. And Jota sees that from early on, and he's running into the green space at the far post, right in behind uh, Chambers and Holding. If Salah squares that ball, it's a goal for Jota. I think Salah, obviously we know how greedy Salah is. I think he got lucky with his goal. He slipped it in between uh, Leno's legs. But normally we've seen this all season with Salah, right? He gets to this position, he tries to slip it in, and just bounces off the goalie because, in essence, he's trying to hit it right at the goal, the, the, the keeper there. The the you can't you can't begrudge him the the decision because it went in in this in this case um, but uh, but a pass there Jota again finding early space um, or f recognizing the space early on on that far side. I'm gonna make the answer right. Okay, same game. Now this this is this is by far my favorite goal, right? Because so this is Arsenal ridiculously irresponsibly trying to play it out of the back. Um, I, I think it was I, I forget who it was. Was it uh, was it, I think it was Gabriel Magalares. He pops the ball over the top. He he thinks the ball over the top, trying to get it to um, who is that? Tierney was out at this point, so that would be Cedric Suarez. Um, <laughs> Suarez de dealing with a ball in the air, bouncing with Trent Alexander-Arnold pressuring him is not the best situation. Trent wins the ball, plays it early to Salah. When Trent wins the ball, look where Jota is. Jota is probably at the right approaching the line of the last third of the pitch. He's maybe, I'd say, 20 yards, 15 yards outside of the box, so maybe about 30 to 35 yards out from the goal. 
And he looks over his shoulder and he sees how wide Chambers is. Look how wide Chambers is. He's before this. I didn't show. I didn't show it because I was um, basically I was too lazy to cut and <laughs> to, to to do another image here. But before this, right before this happens, he he had taken a look at Holding on the inside. Guess what Holding's doing? He's ball watching. <laughs> ball watching again. So he starts moving inside. Jota recognizes that that he's ahead of uh, of Chambers, and he takes off. He sees this play developing, and I think as soon as as soon as Holding starts stepping. I think Jota knows that if this ball gets played across, it's a goal. So that early recognition of space is just genius from him. <laughs> you guys are laughing at something. I can't wait to be filled in. I'm sorry, just for the benefit of the listeners, some shocking piss taking going on in the comments. Oh, oh sorry, he's getting absolutely destroyed. He's getting <laughs> <laughs> completely destroyed. Well, I want to know. You, at this moment, you're actually destroying Holding's career because if Arteta's listening to this, he's done. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think this is a combination of Holding, um, you know, Holding maybe lacking some awareness, but I think it's also on Arteta. I think Arteta has has to recognize. First of all, in this game, we're showing um, just how good and how pivotal Jota is for this team, right? And how much he does and how many things he opens up. None of this was open before before he came into the game. And, you know, I, I, I thought it was shocking that Klopp did not start with Jota, given how, how um, suspect Arsenal are when, when, when pressured on the back line. But to, to continue this train of thought, there's the green box. Look, look how Chambers has stepped, or not Chambers, Holding has stepped towards the ball because Mane has stepped into that into that space. So he's forced to step. That's a good step by Chambers, by Chambers, by Holding. Um, but the space opens up. This is the space that Jota saw in the previous frame. He's He's been looking at this space for a while, while none of the Arsenal players, except for poor Chambers, who's trailing, recognize it. So he comes in, he comes into this, Salah, Salah plays the ball inside to, to Mane, actually. It kind of goes past Mane. And there, and there comes Jota, kind of, this is the end of the play. And he just smashes that ball from the penalty spot. But remember, he started this run 35 yards out. And he finishes it on the penalty spot. And it's his goal. And I think he saw this. I, I, I do think he's, he's intelligent enough. He to have that that kind of foresight, I, and this is really what makes Shota so good. This is why people are bringing Shota in because of his ability in space and his vision. Now let me go back to. Um, oh no, sorry. Okay, there we go. Let's go to the Wolves game. Sorry, sorry, Gabe. Can I just jump yes. in a second? Please. I've just I've just modified uh, Surya's team whilst we were actually whilst we were there. <laughs> no, I think not because, because I just made the plans for the holding development, so it's done. I think someone 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 said I sold building as well, so holding is done. No shame. You know, there, there's nothing like a like good old shame to correct someone's behavior, right? Just uh, just walk them through town naked and give them a few lashings. Put the trolls first on it, but then I thought, no, no, I can't do that. So, so for for the, for the benefit of, of those in in the podcast, um, we've had we've had our first shaming before the player has even started for the team. 
for the FPL team, for the FPL team, not, not, the, not the real team, of course. Um, <laughs> okay. The intention of this pod, this thing finishing in one hour, 30 minutes, we're, we're, it's, it's just not going to happen. No, it's. No, uh, um, well, I'll, I'll I'll try to get through this quickly. It's a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of rep repetition here, just about how good Jota is in space. Um, this was a game, just one goal in this game, so it wasn't as uh, obviously as prolific as 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 their their game against Arsenal. But just an, an illustration here, um, we have Jota right at right kind of inside the the D by the box. And just in a ton of space, he always drifts in great space. If Cody recognizes the danger area, he's he's kind of between the penalty spot and and the top of the box, and he starts running um, towards Jota to close that space down. Um, but we'll see we'll see what Jota does with it in a moment here. This ball gets to Salio Mane. Actually, let me go back. Um, here here we see the ball. The ball is about to get to is about to be played to Mane who's on the on the tip of the box and has kind of the track on 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 the defender there we can see that ball about to be played and that's what Cody recognizes this ball is absolutely going to go to the end line there um and it does go to the end line and again look at the spacing so Mane has two options here he has Salah in decent space I mean Bolly's a big boy we can see he's about one and a half times the size of of Salah there uh, so that could be dangerous, and it's tricky to weave that ball in there. For me, just in, in my opinion, I think the easiest ball is here from Mane is to Jota. But we, you know, Surya already mentioned how Mane is not having a great season, and he. So I have two green arrows: one to Jota, one to Salah. Jota is in better space because he's better with space than Salah is, and then one air red arrow, which is where he actually played the ball. So he tried playing the ball to Salah but it went too close to uh, Patricio there, and, and Patricio ends up with that ball. And in my opinion, this should have been a goal for Jota if Mane plays the right ball. All right, moving on quickly here. Same game, this is the goal. So first I, I wanna draw your attention to the progression of the passes. If we follow the black line, uh, for those in the podcast um, that, that don't have the benefit of the, of the visuals here, you know, the, the, the ball starts on on Liverpool's left side um, with, with Mane. It gets passed into kind of the top of the D to the, to the right of the D to Salah. Salah and then Mane, Mane continues his run towards the top of the D, towards the left side of the top of the D. Um, Salah one times to Mane, Mane one times to Jota. What's super impressive, and, and Jota's just inside the box on the left side there. So what's super impressive here is that Jota winds up uh, his shot as if he's gonna take a real crack these cracks, when you take a real crack from there, they usually go far post. And I think that's what Patricio is expecting here. But what Jota does is he lowers his hip and drags his left foot across to change the, the angle of the shot. And by doing that, we can see Patricio here almost leaning to his left, waiting for the, for the diving save. And Jota slides it in by just dragging his foot. He almost like he just drags the ball into that near post, completely unexpected. The level of awareness to change your shot to do that is off the charts for me. And another another reason why Jota is such an attractive asset. Oh, this is Gundo. We will get to Gundo a more moment. Yeah, no, we'll get to Gundo right now. Let's do Gundo. So who's who are we selling to get to get Jota? With, obviously, so now we know why we we all want Jota. Price <laughs> <laughs> holdings dropping to four point one. Oh, <laughs> 
uh, for those in the podcast. Um, for those uh, just watching the or like listening to the podcast, um, I, I think maybe next time join us here in the video because this is a ton of fun. I don't care if we go long anymore. No, I'm selling uh, him. Everyone's selling him in the chat. They're selling, <laughs> people sold him. People sold him. <laughs> um, Sorry, so, so here, so I chose the game against I chose the game against against Southampton because, um, well, one, ADB played right in, in in that match, I believe, and and two, um, did he play? Yeah, I believe. Maybe, yeah, there he is. Um, and and two, this is this is like everybody talks about Gundawan playing deeper, and but this is his role. Gundawan is a he's when you think of an eight. Gundawan is a pure eight, right? Mm -hmm. And he will go, he, he's the eight in terms of he makes the late runs into the box, right? He, he goes from deep, he goes from behind De Bruyne to in front of De Bruyne, right? So if, if we can just kind of wrap our minds around the fact that this is what he does and he still produces from this, um, I, I, think, I think we'll better um, kind of understand what his value is. So the reason, so here, here we see Gundogan quite deep, maybe about 30 yards out from the goal, and Mara is at the top of the box. This is Mara's goal. The reason Gundogan doesn't get involved in this play is because Mara takes a quick shot. So what I'm thinking here is against teams like Southampton that don't play a deep line, that like to pressure the ball, and there is space behind, there won't be much time for Gundogan to get in there and receive the, for those late runs to get in the box. So it might not be a Gundogan game. Against deep blocks, where the team has to, they get to the box, then they play it wide. That gives Gundogan time to get in the box. So he's still extremely valuable. I would say he's he's more trustworthy against deep blocks, um, less less so against teams that play higher here. I mean, well, very well. Same, same match here. This is just like so. Look how Gundo, how deep Gundogan is in, in in this play, right? And we see this is like the valley. This is why City's so good. If we the we see the blue lines are our City's lines, and then the red lines are our Southampton's lines. And City play in between the lines, and that's why they're so good. We've seen Liverpool so often this year really kind of press up, and even even Man City at the beginning of the year they would press up their front line up against the defense instead of playing between the defense and the midfielders. Um, so as long as City continue with this scheme, I think I think they're going to be quite dangerous, and all their players will be relevant. So Gundogan plays plays the ball uh, from basically just about five yards outside the the center circle in Southampton zone. Plays the ball uh, across to to Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker continues that play uh, wide to Mares, who plays it first time. So we're on the right side of the field now for those in the listening to the podcast. Mares plays it first time to, to De Bruyne, who, who checks the ball. Look where Gundogan is now. He's at the top of the D with a lane in front of him, right? Both defenders, the right back and the center backs, are, are engaged. Phil Foden has, uh, I believe that's Vestergaard there. And uh, what is that? Bernardo Silva on, I believe that's, that's Bilva on, on that left side. Um, has, I don't remember who played right back for Southampton, but this is how things open up for that deep lying playmaker. Mares gets the ball back. He weaves, this is, this is like, he takes on, he actually beats the same players about three times, which is what Mares does. He goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, and, and Gundogan continues his run. At this point, he's right around the penalty spot, and he still has that lane right in front of him towards the goal. Mars is shot. Mars shoots. Um, oops, let me make this bigger for everyone. 
Morris's shot from that right side, kind of towards at the top of the six on the right side, goes off the post. And where does it bounce back? Right into Gundogan in that lane that he ran. And remember where this play started. Gundogan started this play at the almost by by the center circle. So the fact that he's playing deep should not be a deterrent for those for those who uh, who continue to own Gundogan. <laughs> Oops. Um, all right. Last one. Promise. I'll make it quick. We've seen this game before. I highlighted this game. This is the Chelsea Leeds game. Uh, Leeds Chelsea here. So last week I highlighted this game uh, looking at Kai Havertz. Uh, this week uh, I'm doing it lo looking at Hafinha. So the reason I chose this game is because Leeds or Leeds uh, Chelsea at, at this point, and then they still are. They they had the, they were the best team, um, the defensive team. In, in the league. So I wanted to see, well, up against difficult matchups, uh, you know, Leeds has a bunch of difficult matchups coming up. So is Hafinha still re still relevant um, in a matchup like this? So Hafinha picks up the ball around midfield and this is uh, wide on, on the right. And this is where he's so dangerous. He, he can go right, he can cut inside, he can play a ball inside. So defenders aren't really sure how to defend him because he has, there's so many things to, to his uh, repertoire that he can do. You see the the two defenders. I believe that is is that Rudiger and Christensen. Maybe I I can't tell from here, and I don't remember. But there's everybody starting to step forward. If we look at everybody here on the on the back line, the left back, all they're all looking. Even the right back on the other side of the field, they are all staring at the ball because Hafinha has the ball, and that's the Hafinha effect. He gets the ball, and everybody's paying attention. So which opens up space for everyone else, right? This is Bamford slides in, slides into this green area as a two left-sided defender step, one, and the, the right-sided center back stays. There's a hole that opens up that, that Bamford can get in there um, and not be offside. Unfortunately, um, whether you, the pass takes too long or it's just because it's Shifford, he is offside, but he does receive the ball in this area. See the ball here in the air, Bamford in that green area that I had highlighted earlier, and Hafinha plays plays that ball perfectly, right, right onto right onto his feet, and and then right behind Bamford, that's Harrison running into space, who's eventually going to score, but this goal would be ruled offside. We see how we see though how Hafinha is dangerous. Now I I love this play because this is Hafinha right at the top of the six, right in the middle. And the ball's going into him. It was headed to him by somebody. I think that Stuart Dallas, maybe not. No, Stuart Dallas is here. It's someone else heads it to him. Um, and Hafinha is holding off. We all know how, we all know how, like, Aspilicueta is a dog. He, he just gets after you. He fights with you. And this is like, we, we see Hafinha, we, we kind of envision him as this, like, little mosquito player, but he's not that at all. He's more like a mighty mouse because he holds off Aspilicueta. Pesar Aspilicueta. Not Dave. I won't call him Dave. He, Dave, he will always be Pesar Aspilicueta. Um, being held off by Hafinha here, I, I just think this is a really impressive strength um, by, by Hafinha. Um, no. Oh, I think I missed one. Yeah. Oh, well. So Hafinha turns around. The, the, the shot that he takes from here is really great. Forces a good save from, uh, from Mendy. Um, okay. Here, Hafinha's coming up the, the right side. He, he gets slipped in behind, going to the end line. 
And all, already we see the defenders reacting. We see uh, Jorginho and Mason Mount heading towards towards the end line, following the ball, and one player is open. Hafinha um, knows that player is open before he even receives the ball. He knows exactly what he's going to do. Whoops. And this is it. There he is, number 14 on Leeds. I don't remember. Apologies for that. Uh, of course, Hafinha cuts it back inside. So... So we have we have Hafinha kind of in three different scenarios here. Hafinha um, playing the ball from deep and wide, which he could also dribble. Hafinha holding people off in the middle of the box, and Hafinha slipping in behind defenses and cutting and and cutting it back. His the variety of of what he has to offer from an attacking perspective, I think, makes him really makes him a really tough sell. Uh, just, and just just like Gundogan. Uh, so when, you know, we all want to, um, there's my dogs, I'll stop, uh, stop sharing here. So we all want to get Jota, um, and for good reason here, but I think we need to consider better who we're selling, who we're selling for, for Jota. And that's why I love, I love seeing that. I love seeing that Lingard and Hafinha are still in Surya's wildcard, uh, draft. And I understand why Gundogan wouldn't be the rotation is a risk. So, so you want to, you want more short things, but, um, those are my thoughts uh, this week on on matchups. The scouting report for matchups. Fab fabulous, Gabe. Uh, I, I can't wait to be filled in on all the jokes going on in there. No, you need to read it. It's chaos. It's utter. It's just complete madness. It's, it's, I don't it's think amazing. I've ever seen that. Just going off. I love it. Most yeah. interesting no, stream that I've done. Yeah. Paul, uh, I mean, sorry, you'll never come on again. No, <laughs> that's wrong. That's wrong. I've been enjoying this. Yeah, I've been keeping a bit of a poor health, but yeah. You don't realize that if, if you ever come onto a show with me, if you don't get the piss taken out of you at some stage during the show, then there's something <laughs> not right anyway. Never mind anybody else. Here we go. Look, yeah, here's exactly. one. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, uh, Guys, we, we need to move on, don't we? So uh, let me just realign this blooming program. So just give me two seconds and we'll just, <laughs> we'll just realign and then crack on. Okay. I'm, so I'm catching up on everything now. So sorry if I'm just laughing randomly. <laughs> don't, don't worry. It's quite normal. There's some really good stuff going on, isn't there? We, we are going to whiz through this section because I need to spend a bit of time on the captaincy. So uh, let, let's quickly crack on. Sorry, he's gone off screen now. That's it. He's disappeared. He's gone off in the, he's gone <laughs> you, off in the screen. You guys, you guys have all shamed him off the screen. You should well, have he's gone off the screen. He's disgrace. He's gone in disgrace. I think the, the Indian broadcasting... Uh, <laughs> he's been leading his team. Off. Yeah. Uh, oh, there he is. He's back. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Let's keep going. Um, oh, my God. So, okay. Now I'm having technical difficulties here. Now let me try and get this thing moving again. Here we go. So, okay. So, our good old Suchek watch is uh, something we like to look at every week. And, of course, what we do is we just have a bit of fun and look at matchups for headers. Um, last week, we didn't do very well again. Um, it was just starting to become a bit of a common thing, really. Uh, quite frankly, I'm just starting to wonder whether we bother doing it, Gabe. But anyway, um, 
we both went for DCL, epic fail. Um, in fact, couldn't it a band or from a yard? Apparently, so, so, like, but let, let me just say a quick comment on DCL. It's the, the problem with DCL is we don't know when Ancelotti is going to play two up front or one up front. DCL is really only valuable when he's the he's the lone target, and so yeah, that, that just that. Yeah, and uh, and Hibbo went for Mina, and he blanked as well. So, uh, but we were, we were absolutely determined it was going to be a Crystal Palace getting a the headed goal against them, weren't we? But anyway, there we go. Um, what have we got this week? Arsenal against Sheffield United, uh, plus 2.9. Uh, Manchester City Leeds, plus 1.6. Newcastle Burnley, plus 1.7. Chelsea Palace, plus 1.4. So there's the four. Uh, there's not much, actually. I had to look quite hard for a for a big uh, potential matchup here. So uh, what are we going to go with? Um, I, personally, have picked out... Let's see if he appears. Hopefully he'll appear. Here we go. I'm going for Lacazette. I I'm going to go for Lacazette this week. I hope. Oh, so someone just mentioned holding. Someone just mentioned holding header. Well, holding header. Yeah, <laughs> good matchup for holding header. Yeah, <laughs> apparently no, because he'll he'll be looking where the ball. He'll, he'll be watching the ball somewhere else. <laughs> so, yeah. It's you know what watching the ball is good when you attack. I guess I. And, well, actually, and, true. Yes, it's if you defend. Yeah, so for yeah. Sochek watch for 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 Sochek watch here, it may, it may it may work out. It's funny, funny enough, I I owned holding for about ten game weeks at the beginning of the season. I think I brought holding into my wife's wildcard team for her, and uh, then she promptly swore at me and then transferred him out. So uh, maybe that was a maybe yeah. that was a, a better, precursor. Better, him, better 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 her transferring him out than you, Mariner. So that's yes. all good. Uh, maybe that was a yeah. Maybe hold on hold on for another week. Anyway, there we go. Right, Gabe, any idea who's your who's your uh, who's your Suchek watch this week? Just very quickly. I'm gonna go for Gabriel, my my namesake. Okay, cool. Nice one. And uh Surya? I think I'll go Ruben Diaz this week. Yeah. I've got Ruben. him in final. Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz. Ruben Diaz. All oh, right, okay. There's rumors in here that he's not gonna play. There's a, there's comments galore in the chat saying oh, he's not gonna start, he's not gonna start. <laughs> No, <laughs> nobody in the I Chelsea first team is going to play. Someone yeah. suggested that the city. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. there we go. So that's that game coming back to you again. The little hmm. prince is there. He is. He was so Nehal guessed it. It's uh Timothy Castagne. Um, guess by guess by Nehal like early on. I'm super impressed that he got it. Uh, Astrolicious. Astrolicious guessed that it would be Lacazette, which which is a, a good shout as well. But here's uh, so my my eyes got turned to uh, Castagne uh, when I did the scouting reports last week, and I was talking about Ihanacho and just Castagne kind of picking up the ball deep and finding like uh, just deep lying through balls early. Um, that 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 piqued my attention. Then I looked at his matchup. He obviously they're up against West Ham. Surya mentioned West Ham lost Ekman Rice, so defensively they, they could be suffering a little bit. They may be going to a back three, so things may change there. But over the last six game weeks, no team has, has conceded more chances from their right side than West Ham. They've conceded more than anyone else in the last six. And Castagne, with Castagne kind of rising and, and developing into a bit of a playmaker from deep there, and West Ham conceding from that side, um, I'm going with uh, Timothy Castagne this week. Very nice. 
Very nice. I looked at his numbers on um, uh, Fancy Football Hub and they were awful. I did put them in the group chat. Did you see? I did. I put them in the group chat. I don't know whether I did. I put some in the group. Chat. I don't think so. I mean, that's no. that's why that's that's also why he's a perfect little prince pick because he's all eye test. He's he's all heart. You know, a, a pick from the heart. So uh, I, I I think he's going to get a clean sheet and and an assist this week. Big call. No, no Antonio as well. So. Big call. And, and talking of big calls, we need to go into the captaincy now, don't we? So here we go. So how did we do last week? Well, did all right. Community all right. got Kane right. The community didn't overthink it like everybody else. Right. Um, or seemed to be. Metric, yeah, it got it got a return. It, I mean, Rafinha is just so unlucky. I, I, I was talking when we were on the Compass show with Nima. We couldn't believe how you know how few returns he, he just seems to have no luck whatsoever yeah. um but at least he've got a return with him as did the cat um and uh yeah well as for dave well enough said that was a that was my worst captain <laughs> shout of the year uh so far nearly as bad actually seems though whilst we're on the beat surrey up it's that was the Pereira shout was the uh the only one that's got remotely close to as bad as this astral one <laughs> Well, are, are you finding another way to shame Surya here? Is is Surya going to be the troll of the week, <laughs> or the no, troll? No, 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 he'll be the troll of the week. <laughs> no, we'll let we'll let him off. He's fine. But uh, no, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Um, okay, so let's go on. Let's keep going. Um, so yeah, so that's how we did. So three out of four again. So we're doing okay like this. Uh, the metric against the Mariner, and uh, the metric now has topped eighty percent. So. What? It's hit eighty percent. It's been sing it's been drifting around eighty percent for a while, um, but now it's finally made it. So twenty four out of thirty, it's got now eighty percent. Sixteen point two average points a week. Projected six hundred and sixteen. Um, I've now got sixty seven percent hit rate. I've been doing a little bit better just recently, going back to where Mr. Reliable Harry Kane three in the last five weeks. You see. Um, Averaging 14.9 points, projected 5.65. So I'm still very happy with that. Um, I can't really argue. And, uh, and yeah, the metric continues to deliver. Um, so uh, let's see what it does, what it suggests this week. It'll be quite interesting to see. Um, I won't steal its thunder yet, but we need to steal the thunder of the cat. Um, because, as I say, um, he redeemed himself after a couple of appalling weeks last week um this week was another interesting one because as of yesterday i couldn't i didn't have a clue who to even put in the poll that it was it's been it's so confusing this week i don't i don't know whether it's just me but i don't think there's been a week like this all year where there's so many things up in the air all the you know the rotation and you know injuries and just, just generally, just it's all over the place. Massive, you know, fixture swings and templates breaking all over the place. It's really quite complicated at the moment. But so anyway, to cut a long story short, I gave some City choices. I gave some Spurs choices. I gave Liverpool choices and Arsenal choices. And we took the top one out of each of those, which was KDB, Kane, Salah and Lacazette. Um, 
Sala topped the poll with 44.8%. Um, KDB second, 23.5%. Kane and Lacquer very close together, around 15.9%. So, uh, yeah. So, we also, um, for, due to popular demand on Twitter last night, put another little poll out. Do we give the option of Sterling as a wildcard cat pick to go in with this? And people said no by 52% to 48%. So he's not in the poll. So let's see who this fool picked this week. So we'll quickly just run this video. And he was very hungry again. So he said, oh, he said, oh God. There we go. There's the balls up. Do you see? Should have started at the front. <laughs> I don't, that don't look much like Kevin De Bruyne, does it? What's she doing with these? What's she doing with these videos? I give up. Yeah, there we go. I spoil it. I don't know why it did that that's strange that because i've already normally what you do is you when you click it first time it does always stop at that point but if you watch it a second time it goes back to the front of the video for some reason i've not quite figured out how that works anyway just to tell everybody uh, it, it actually told you it was at the start of the video <laughs> <laughs> and it's mo salah <laughs> so it's salah so there we go so yeah most Salah it is, the cat has picked, and now it's time to have a look at the captain metric. And who are we picking? It's gone with Kevin De Bruyne. Um, it's one of those ones, isn't it? I mean, quite frankly, this, this rotation is a nightmare. It's a complete nightmare. Is he going to play? Are we going to get down as far as Lacazette or Lingard? It's entirely possible this week. Um, is Lacazette going to be our man? It's entirely possible. It could even drop to Lingard. We had it one week where five didn't play. Yeah. I think we were down as far as down, I think, to fifth or sixth. Um, but anyway, let's run through this. So KDB tops the metric with 85. Now, to put that in context, Last week, Rafinha topped it with 80. So this is a better matchup than the Rafinha matchup last week. Bamford was second last week and Mares with 79 was third. Um, this time, KDB 85, Mares 83, Lacazette 78, Lingard 78, Mount, Fernandez, Sala 75, 75, 74. Um, even Kate Somares is a stronger pick as well. But the roulette wheel is in full spin, right? And I really don't know how it's going to go. Interestingly enough, the city issue here means that only Mares and KDB actually make the cut for the metric. Um, and if I was to include Jesus in this, and I know it's near Easter, so we can. Um he would have been second. Hmm. In fact, virtually equal with KDB. So that's 
you know, again, if you, if you fancy that punt, Jesus is actually, I think a, his, his numbers are actually okay. I know, Gabe, you hate it, but you hate the idea of it. But yeah. um, to be honest, we can't ignore it. If we just quickly look at, uh, I would just say also that the rotation removes Jota and Orba as well. But we would never captain Aubameyang anyway, so there we go. Um, but and as for Rob Holding, I don't think he made the, the list. Um, he's, he's being he's being held back from the list. Yeah, exactly. You're keeping it back for another week. Um, just very quickly, let's just look at KDB here. His picture is very good, 118. Form, 6.78 points per 90 in the last six. He's got two occasions of two-plus returns and six occasion of a single return in the last 12. Owned by 20%. Nice, nice number that, I think. You know, still some good upside in that. Rotated 21.7% in the last six game weeks. But he's just played 88 minutes against Leicester and 90 minutes against Dortmund. Mares very similar, owned by 7.6%, more of a differential, rotated 20.6% in the last six game weeks, played 79 minutes against Leicester, 90 minutes against Dortmund. Both of those are possibly rotation risks, in my view. Both of them. Um, Lacazette, we don't know what's going to happen yet, but he only played 14 minutes of the knockout stages of the Europa League so far. So, the, the one thing, can I just, the one thing about um, Riyad Mahrez is, is he, he was rested against Fulham. He didn't play at all against Fulham. And then before that, Southampton, he only played 60. So he played 60 minutes, was rested, played 78 minutes, then played 90 against Dortmund. Yeah. So in terms of, of rotation and just how nailed Mars has been throughout the season, I think he's less uh, rotation risk uh, this week than Kevin De Bruyne, who's coming back from injury <laughs> yeah. and has played, uh, including, well, obviously he, did, he didn't play the Fulham game either, right? Um, but he played uh, almost a full 90 against Leicester. And then, and what, uh, then, he, then he played a, a full 90 midweek. So... I wonder whether it's going to be a kind of whether Pep, at least in the league, is going to be Kevin De Bruyne or Gundogan. He may rotate those two, and and in order to save them for Champions League, just tactically they could both fill in for one another um, in, in central midfield. So that's yeah. something, just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, well, I mean, again, you know, I think the rotation. I mean, at the, this moment in time, my captain's is on Gundogan. At this moment. Um, Probably vice captain on Salah, um, but anyway, that's just where I'm coming from. Um, but obviously, going back to Lacazette, they're now at the business end of the Europa League, right? Um, and uh, so, from that side of things, you know, he may well he may well play. Um, moving on to Lingard, and this is an interesting one. He's fourth in the metric now. Um, his fixture is only neutral, and he's fourth. You know what that tells you. When he gets a good fixture, I know where he's going to be. If he Even, carries on, do, so do you think Ling, do you think Lingard moves up? Does he does he oh. does he move forward for no no no? I mean move move up in, in on the field if Antonio is out. Will Lingard move oh. up to that spot, or will what, what do you think will happen there? Think, that, that's my one concern will, about him. Yeah, I think Bowen will play number nine because I've noticed him play the false striker for Hull City or uh, team he played before. Uh, 
West Ham. So I think uh, Bowen plays up, but then I think it should definitely push him further up on the pitch. I wouldn't say he would start as the striker or the false striker, but then that definitely does uh, impact uh, impact his points definitely. Mm. I mean, I think when Antonio went off, I don't think he had another shot, did he? Lingard? I don't know. Yeah, yeah so that, that's just something that will change and that we need to just see how that changes the, the team in general. Of course. Uh, of course. It could make him better. It, it could make, if Lingard plays a false nine, maybe Ben Rama or somebody slides in behind him or something like that, it could make him more attractive. It could make him less attractive because they may have less kind of attacking output. So... Just something to keep an eye on. No, absolutely. I yeah. I I just think though, if if Lingard keeps even just nibbling away with returns now, Lingard gets some favourable fixtures around 34, 35. He's one hundred percent captaincy material with the metric. Mm -hmm. The metric's going to love him if yeah. he carries on like this. You can just see it. You look at that fixture difficulty, and he's he's just he's more neutral than all the others up there. And that suggests to me the moment that turns, he's going to be at the top, knowing the way that knowing the way the metric works. Just very quickly, just on some other players as well, just around Salah. Obviously, he's been talked up as a captaincy option this week. I've blanked with him five times this year. I don't know if uh, I don't know whether my heart can take another one. Um, well, if if you look at his form, is quite comparable to Kevin De Bruyne. His form's uh, and, all right, yeah. And, yeah. And, and and the fixture is not as good, of course. Because they're not well. Here's 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 where I would have a question. Um, so in, in the defensive FDR, we saw Leeds had shot up. They're around fifth or something like that, ranked fifth. So why is it such a good FDR for uh, De Bruyne here? Because they're just even better. They're just so good. They're, they're just better. so high compared to everybody else. So remember, it's it's a it's a difference, isn't it? So yes. if they're one, they they've improved. Leeds were really bad. So Leeds were so bad, they've improved to more like average. And, and otherwise, this would have been 130. And I think we've seen <laughs> 130 rankings before this, this year, haven't we? I think we've seen a couple up as high as 130. Um, but yeah, um, that'll be, that's a bit, a bit interesting. Just quickly on Salah then. So as we say, form's all right. Metric doesn't like Liverpool's um, numbers at the moment as a team. So that's going to take time to correct itself. And just the very, very last point I make about the captaincy before we move on to the differential, um, Kane and Bruno, you can't split them apart from the fixture difficulty. They're identical. So they've got uh, both Bruno and Kane, two uh, double returns or two more, more than two returns in a match and seven single returns. Um, and same points as our same same points i think as well 6.05 form is it exactly the same i thought it was unless i've just misread it no um fernandez is very slightly higher but there's nothing in it there's nothing in it at all so um that's one of those ones where i think if you're going down i don't know that many people are captain in either um kane i know kane topped the pole but I think it's a tough call, that one. That could be... Do you know what? That has the makings of another boring Solskjaer nil-nil draw to me. I don't know. I've just got a funny feeling. Well, it, it, it's going to be interesting because 
United got embarrassed last last time around against Spurs, and and so I think there might be a, a similar kind of rivalry as as the uh, the Liverpool Villa game. Um, obviously, Villa much you know that that game much less even um, in terms of as as far as the numbers go. But I, I think this could be either really boring or just this those feisty, cagey, nippy type of types of games. Um, if it's the latter, it, it could be interesting. But if it's the former. I'll probably watch. I don't know. I'll watch Bundesliga. I think safe because he's already 11 points clear of the Champions League spot. I would think he'll go full defensive. I think. Uh, I think he'll be parking the bus against the man who invented the parking the bus. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Yeah, it could be <laughs> the, the, the battle. The battle. Of the battle of the buses. I might play sure. I might play sure. I think he's a fine play. Yeah. Yes. All right. So that's the captaincy metric. Uh, again, it'll be up on the uh, be up on Instagram. It'll be up on Twitter and everywhere else. So if you and also in YouTube, if you want to go and look at it, if you're listening to this, if you're still if you're still alive after nearly two hours, um, <laughs> the captain the captain the ban not uh, the captain differential is Danny Ings. I quite like the look of Danny Ings. He's um, he's got a reasonably positive. Uh, fix your difficulty. Um, he's hungry. He, I, I think he's hungry. You could see he was hungry. He, he's clearly rather peed off to be sat up, to be to have an injury. And I think whether it's too late for Euros, it probably is. But you know, maybe gives himself an outside chance if he goes on an absolutely screaming run of form. Um, but just last week's numbers should say it all: four shots in the box, three on target, two big chances, one point two xG. 52% expected goal involvement. That's good enough for me for an ex for a for a differential captain. If I could find a way to get him into, into my team, I would. That's great. That's, great shot. I like it. I like it a lot. That's where I would that's where I would come from for that one. So that's that. So yeah, so just the, the captaincy pick. So we've got Salah, community, metric, KDB, cat pick Salah, differential links. So there we go. So that so that's that's it. So we're through to the questions. If there are any, if anybody's still alive, we can take a few. And I've got the I've got the count. I've got the clock here. We've right. got five minutes. We're going to do questions, and then we're going to get out of here because it's. I, I don't want to run over two hours. So quick fire. Let's um, go. So here we go. So let's just. Um, I'm just going to go. Here we go. No, it, Guys, better captain pick Fernandez and Kane. Ignoring the metric, just do your own gut. I think I wouldn't go both of them. Uh, I wouldn't go both of them, in my honest opinion. If you, had, if you had to pick one, sorry? If I had to pick one, I think Kane, because that's form. I think I'm not, I'm, I'm a United fan, but then I don't see us attacking at all against Spurs. So, so if, if it was between one of them, I, I, I think it's Kane, yeah. Okay, right, okay. Right, next one then. Um, oh, dear me. Oh. Yeah, Gabe? So I, I don't trust Iannaccio because I don't know how, how the team is going to change as, as players get healthy. Um, so Madison back, uh, Barnes isn't back yet. Are they going to go back to one at one up front and Iannaccio gets played wide left where he has played uh, before this season? I just, the uncertainty would, would throw me off uh, or, or would put me off Iannaccio. So I think I, I'd go for a, 
uh, sounds like as someone mentioned in the chat, Vidra's anagram, Barty. <laughs> Here's another one. Uh, Gabe, this probably this is for you as well. Um, Gundo against a high line Leeds defense. Is it gonna have fun? Yes, one hundred percent. Good I, I love Gundo against Leeds because of because of that. Um I, I mean it it depends. The the if, if if KDB plays, I like him less because of the high line, he won't have time to get to the box. If KDB doesn't play and Gundo's playing in kind of KDB's role, then I like him a ton. Um, so that that's the caveat there. Less than 30 okay. seconds. I love it. Yeah, we're doing all right, aren't we? And here's the next one from uh, Yakan. Yak, Yakdan, is it? Oh, God. Well, Rafinha in along Antonio to Yota and Iniacho for a minus four. Surya? I think I would do it. It really makes sense for... Yeah, because Antonio's out, I think. Jota, I think if he was watching uh game, literally sold Jota for all the all of us who's watching and uh, talking. So I think I would do it. I say no, don't do it. <laughs> I, I find I, I would say find another way to get Jota. Uh, do not take because a hit I for Ihanacho. If you take a hit for Ihanacho and then everything changes and he's not playing in the same position, then you've hit a player in that you need to hit uh, transfer out. So I would hold Rafinha, find, sell someone else for Jota, and Antonio. I don't know what to tell you about Antonio. There's no <laughs> get Vidra, get get Vardy's anagram. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, a question from uh, FPL Masha: um, For Fan or anybody who wants to go on that one. Fafana. Fafana, one great player. I, I really like what he does and what he adds to this team. Um, interesting for that run, I think Leicester have a, a run of about three or four um, matches there where where their defense could come up. Um, you know, the, the other thing is very little attacking uh, potential, so you're you're really banking on a clean sheet. But for that run of fixtures, I think Fafan is a nice little shout. Okay, cool. As usual, the things. Right, okay. Um, a couple more questions then. Uh, from whoops, there we go. From Dean, uh, if there's no wild card, if no wild card this week, when's the best time to use it? Who wants to take that one? I think 35 should be the right uh, time because we know which teams go further up on the FA Cup or uh, the Aston Villa. Uh, Everton game could be rescheduled during that period. Uh, so that would be doubles in 37. So 35 could be another option. But then we are no good people in uh, determining that. We leave that to Ben Krillin. But then, yeah, 35. 35 is, is my thing. I would say just just really quickly, um, if I had a wild card and, I, and I'm chasing rank, so I would probably be taking um, just one week, like, like punts and punts and punts and drive my team into the ground and then wild card into a better team. Or... Consider if you don't have a free hit le left and, and your team is good, you could hit that wild card in game week 38. Uh, kind of like many people did last season or many people held, held the free hit. Um, and that, that could be a fun time to wild card as well. All right. Okay. And the very last question, and I'm sorry if we've not got to you, we'll try and answer them outside. Just drop us a message on Twitter. But we've been as it, quite busy tonight, as you can appreciate, with lots of fun going on as well. I hope you've enjoyed it. Mason Mount or Jesse Lingard for the wild card? I think, um, I think 
banger needs to get to answer this <laughs> yeah. but then lingard for me definitely yeah uh, yeah I, I like both actually. I actually yeah, think Mount is quite a decent shout. I, I I quite like him. I'm not interested in Chelsea attack at all. Yeah, especially not, especially in especially in, if it, if Werner could play football, then then I'd be interested because because he's a forward. Because oh, <laughs> yeah. he he's a forward, but I'm I'm not going to use a valuable mid midfield spot on on Mason Mount. I think that's a bad that idea. is quite an important point. Isn't it? If you could play football, yeah, but you need yeah. that first. Yeah. Right. Anyway, hold on. Right. Hold on a minute. Let me get out. Get us out of here. Sorry. Did I just? An hour right. fifty-nine. An hour fifty-nine. We're going to run over two hours. Oh my god. Right. It's which you know. That's it. Cinderella. It's time to go. Uh, <laughs> goodness me, guys. Still Thank you very much. Thanks so much. It's been such fun. I've had a right laugh. It's uh, to me. I think it's been one of the funniest ones we've done so far. It's been long, but it's been packed full of content and laughs. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't care if it's two hours. Um, it, it was it was brilliant. Thank you, Surya. Uh, yeah, someone said, "Oh, you got the tissues out. Be kind." I think it's because he's got a cold. I hope. Anyway, I think uh, the best I've been part of. I think the best that the call uh, I've been part of so far. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think, sorry, guys, if I was sneezing a lot, but then uh, I just uh, managed That's to drag right. it I went off and muted you. So there we go. It's it's, it's normal, right? There's always, something, there's always something goes wrong on here. We've only seen Gabe's dogs once today. We saw them about six times last week, and we had a jackhammer among other things. But yeah, hey ho, uh, Gabe. Thank you as always, buddy. Um, Pleasure. Really thank appreciate. You. It. And and look, I mean, you know credit to you you're in the middle of moving house and you've still put two hours to one side to do this show i, I cannot I, I can't thank you enough it's my pleasure this show makes me happy so um, I'm, I'm happy to be here so let's keep it going and I, I always as always i mean just what a lively chat i want to thank the, thank the viewers um because that chat thank is you. is off the hook it really is uh, so thanks thanks for everyone uh to everyone for joining us yeah, I have to say it's been it's been fabulous. It's been fabulous. So okay, um, I'll just get us out of here then, guys. So uh, yeah, that's that, everybody. Um, we've already said thank you to Gabe and to to Surya, um, particularly with his wild card and the laughs on on holding. I, I imagine that when he when he does his team reveal, it will change. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. Please give us a like and a subscribe. Hit the bell for the reminders when the new content comes out and the next content will be the compass show next week probably on tuesday with nima we're again thursday night next week so i think the next three weeks are now a friday night match in the uk which is a bit of a pain i know but anyway we'll just have to go just push on through um you can find surya with on twitter at all about fpl you can find his website uh www.allaboutfpl.com. I'm correct there, aren't I? Sorry. Um, Gabe, you'll find uh, at FPL Lens, and you will find his matchups probably sometime today on um, All About FPL as well as on Twitter with numerous gifts uh, as usual. Uh, and I think that is about that. So I think uh, all it's left for me to say is uh thank you very much uh it's good night from me certainly in singapore good morning from gabe and uh soon to be good night from yeah, as well yeah, so, all the best chance 
look after yourself. See you soon. Bye. Bye.